all I can say right is never quit quitting. Never give up on yourself. If you have to go to 10 rehabs, if you have to go through 10 jail stays, if you have to do what needs to be done to get in the process of recovery, do it. Like I said, never quit quitting. And if you need the help, reach out. again welcome to casting light stories of recovery and hope that happen right here at guiding light in grand rapids michigan we're coming to you as we record this episode live from guiding light in downtown grand rapids my name is phil tower i'm with you for every episode of casting light and we are in season number two episode 22 as we begin a new year we want to reflect on the past and celebrate the hope that a new dawn a new year brings. And this isn't just about, you know, making New Year's resolutions. This is looking back and saying, thank you for allowing us to produce all these past episodes and for allowing us to tell these stories of recovery that were made possible only through your generous donations. Guiding Light is able to provide that safe place, that life-changing place for these men to find hope and healing and to restore their lives and renew their faith. Your gifts to Guiding Light will provide men with a safe and supportive space to continue this journey and realize their God-given potential. That's what this is all about. You can learn more about Guiding Light at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. I'm excited to welcome our latest guest to this episode of Casting Light, a former Guiding Light recovery client. His name is Jeff, and he is sitting opposite of me as we talk about his story. Jeff, it's good to have you here. Thanks, Phil. Thanks. I appreciate that very much. And first of all, everyone's story is different. Everyone has a different reason for ending up here at Guiding Light. Sometimes they were uh, dropped off. Sometimes it was a recommendation. Sometimes it's a last cry for hope as they're struggling with addiction and really can't even grasp what recovery on the other end looks like. Yeah. Were you similar? Were you there? Of course. <laughs> Very similar. Guy and Light, I actually found Guy and Light online. I had multiple attempts, rehabs, um, Sacred Heart rehabs, like 20-day stays, 15-day stays, you know the story all started right i'm 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 not from michigan i'm actually from vegas and that's where my addiction story starts you know around the age of 12 but past all that and getting to guiding light um when i was doing the research i was looking for a long term program um because every program i went to like i said was 15 to 30 days um and for a person in addiction from heroin, right? Uh, 30 days wasn't long enough for me. I found out. So like I said, I did some research. I was looking for long-term rehabs, um, free, you know, that wouldn't cost an arm and a leg basically because I didn't have that money. So when I found this, I did the research. I called up here and they gave me the spew about how it works, the process of getting in. I went to Sacred Heart, actually, and was medically detoxed and stayed there for about 28, 29 days, I believe it was. And then when I got out, I packed up all my stuff and 
I was coming from the east side of the state from Detroit, and my mom dropped me off at the doors of Guiding Light and not expecting or what to expect. Um, so even mom was skeptical. No, she wanted me out. Uh, <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she's like, you got to yeah. do something, and it's yeah. not here. Yeah, but at least she got you here, Jeff, which is which is huge. And I'm blown away by the fact that, I mean, you really want you sought this out. I mean, you're doing research. You're serious about this because you realize, okay, this is fail, fail, fail. Man, I got to do something different. Yes. that was really your motivation. Um, basically it was, um, I don't want to be too graphic, right? But it is what it is. You know, after six or seven ODs, four or five different attempts at rehabs, only being able to stay clean for 30, 40 days at a time. And then what led me to finally being done is like I said, uh, guy in light was long-term, it was free, but I was so sick from not having any drugs that morning. Um, my mom walked in on me, and, and I did it right in front of her, didn't even care, right, is what actually seeing her face and her heart and everything just breaking mm. helped me realize that I need to do something different. And that was a that was a huge turning point for you right there. Yeah. So you get clean, or at least you're detoxed, I should say. Yeah. And then you come through the doors of Guiding Light. Walk us through that process. What I mean, what was going through your mind at that point? Oh my goodness! Um, if anybody knows about addiction, right, especially from opiates, um, I was going through the pause, which is post-acute withdrawal syndrome. Um, I was very, very sick even after the detox and whatnot. Um, and I sat up front here. If anybody knows this building, in my own head for about. 12 to 14 days and let me tell you those are probably the roughest 12 to 14 days I had to uh bear accept because I didn't know the process of getting accepted into the recovery program here at Guiding Light until I got here <laughs> they didn't explain that to me on the phone they were like well you gotta do this and this you can't be on this kind of substances um or even health medications if they didn't, if they fell in like the non-qualification part of the program. Mm -hmm. um, so I sat there sick, tired, not knowing what to expect, wanting to run, running to leave, wanted to give up before it even started. <laughs> you know, and then when that interview process came along, I it, it got a little better, but still change is hard, especially when you've been doing something for so long, uh, and that's all you know, right? I wanted to use, but the, the will, right? The willingness and my will was, was a little bit stronger than wanting to get high. Hmm. Um, so that sitting up front here, uh, in my own head, like I said, lasted about 14 days. And then I was accepted around like October of 2016. Um, to the recovery program. Now, when I got there, I still didn't know what to expect, right? Uh, well, uh, this is a Christian-based recovery process. I'm like, oh, great. Here we go. My dad was a pastor. My grandmother was a Sunday school teacher. My grandfather was a pastor. I was like, I really don't want to do that. Right. But thank, thank God, right? I do believe in God. And at the same time, thank God it wasn't 
what I was thinking it was going to be. Oh, you got to go to church all day, every day. Except we did have to go to church on Sundays, which was cool. It, it got me back to that connection of my higher power, right? And it got me to look at me to see what I could do differently. Um, like in the beginning, we did these devos where we told our story in front of like 12 to 20 other men and shoot shots at you. Basically, when I say that is like questions and just drilling you to make you really think about what could be different. <laughs> that process. I've heard about that process. <laughs> that- and I got to tell you, Jeff, I don't even want to go through that process. So I... You're uh, you're a stronger man than I am. That's great. <laughs> I want to go back to something you said that that 14 days of waiting. You're in post acute withdrawal syndrome. Yeah. Which, by the way, for a non-addict like me, and I'm sure a lot listening, what is what does that feel like in your body, physically and mentally? Um, Describe that. Physically, it is my stomach was always hurting. I just constantly would sweat. I couldn't sleep. Um, just up. That post-acute withdrawal syndrome is just the aftermath of the drugs leaving your system. The nightmares, the dreams, the thought process of just like obsession of just like, I want to feel better. I know how to feel better. Drugs will make me feel better. And that's what I want. It's a mental battle as much as a physical battle. Um, Constantly tired, fatigued, barely could eat. Um, so I couldn't even, my body couldn't even strengthen yeah. given the opportunity. But once you're in and you're accepting the program and you realize you're not going to beat you over the head with the Bible <laughs> and scripture, and, <laughs> I mean, I, I've been around the block a few times. I, I have never known anybody who came to faith by someone running after them to try to get them. You know, whether it's a Sunday school teacher or a preacher or any other person, it's got to be a curiosity and a warm welcome. And that certainly happens here at any level of spirituality. It's not Mm -hmm. just Christianity. It's a higher power thing. And as we've said in so many past episodes, men who are filling this void with addiction, it's typically because they're lacking that spiritual connection viscerally and inside of themselves. Sure. And that that is huge. So as Jeff, you're going through recovery here at Guiding Light. This is 2016. I don't know if it's weeks in or days in. Was there a moment where you woke up someday or maybe you were just doing something and you were like, holy cow, this is different. Something is different about this place. Did you have a, a kind of a, an awareness a kind of a like what I we call sometimes right an aha moment. Yeah. Um, I know the the foundation part of the program was about four months, and I want to say maybe around ninety to a hundred some days is when I finally realized realized like, okay, they're not here to hurt me. I've been hurt, right? Um, they're here to help me. The men around me also are here to help. Um, so that connection that I've I've got right um, while going through this process was immense. Um, you don't get that out in the streets, right? You don't get that out in addiction. But like, I can't pinpoint it when it actually happened. I just knew it happened. 
I felt different about myself. I felt different about the program. I felt different about the process of recovery. Um, I, I, and I think that has to do with the one-on-one therapy sessions we get. I think that had to do also with the one-on-one spiritual advisor sessions we get because we didn't have to necessarily talk about God in that process. I think it got, it also comes along with the meetings we went to, whether it be AA or NA. Um, and I think it was also about the other men on the outside coming into meetings and talking with us. And just being supported. Yeah, that's huge. It's really huge. We're talking with Jeff, a successful recovery graduate here of the programs at Guiding Light. And after you graduated, you eventually went through the Back to Work program Yeah. here. How did that all happen? Walk us through that process. That was kind of a crazy process. Um, when I graduated this program, I didn't go to the Iron House Recovery Living Housing. I went to a different company um, called Grand Recovery. And, you know, all recovery houses and transitional housing, you know, you're going to get your, your ups and your downs, your pros and cons. And I just got to the point where I was tired of seeing people OD in the houses. I was tired of seeing people get over, basically manipulate their way through of not being asked to leave because whatever the issue and reason was. Um, I want to say I was in those houses for about a year, maybe a year and a half, and then I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Um, so I come back to Guy and Light and, you know, asked about, about the Back to Work program, and they allowed me, even though being a graduate graduate of the recovery program, come to the back to work program where I still had to stay clean and still had to drop um, and still had that structure. I think that's what it did too, was that, Mm -hmm. that structure of uh, being in at a certain time, making your bed, getting up, doing this and that helped along the way too. So I I think it it was about maybe five or six months. The back to work program was at that time. Um, and it allowed me to work and allowed me to save money and eventually allowed me to get my own apartment. Which is, I mean, that's really huge for anybody having that independence. But also that feeling of work, we're actually earning a living. You're sober while you're doing it. I mean, that had to be a really pretty cool feeling <laughs> as well, too. It's meaningful. Um, it gives me a sense of meaning. It gives me a sense of, oh, I'm contributing. Um, I don't have to manipulate, steal, rob, whatever to get what I want, right? I, I, I learned that I had to work for what I wanted and to be a productive member of society. Mm-hmm. You're working for Network 180 now here in Grand Rapids. Yes. Um, how did that all happen and what, what do you do there? Well, Network 180 wasn't my first job <laughs> after recovery and then uh, program. Uh, I started off at Goodwill in the hospitality department, um, catering food, working on the food truck, things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And from there, I went to Arbor Circle as a recovery coach, um, helping minority men from the ages 18 to 25 who had um, substance abuse problems, right? Substance abuse, as, uh, a.k.a. addiction um, and we're always in and out of jail because I lived that life too. Uh, I'm no saint. I did what I did, right? But it's part of my story. It's who I am mm-hmm. um, or who I was. Um, 
And it gives you a ton of credibility as a coach. Too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, lived experience, right? Um, the criminal justice system and whatnot. And then from Arbor Circle, I was a housing director of 10 recovery houses. Mm. Um, so I just didn't go right to Network 180. I helped manage 10 different recovery houses, mm. intakes, um, drops, things along those lines. And then when that job ended, I'm now at Network 180. And what I do at Network 180, I'm still a recovery coach. I'm Michigan certified. I took the test, the course, all the training hours and whatnot. I work for the 17th Circuit um, Mental Health and Substance Abuse Court. Mm. Um, so, <laughs> which is, it's, it's just like full circle, right? I'm a felon with a, uh, addiction problem who's now in recovery, been in and out of the court system and now working for the court system. Mm. Uh, it's quite funny if you think about it, like what really, how'd I get here? Yeah. Well, you were probably <laughs> meant to be there, Jeff. Exactly. Ever, I mean, you ever think about that? I do. You're right where God wanted you to be. Yes. If I can be as bold as saying, and, and not only that, I can tell you have a gift for it. I, I really do. I can tell you have a gift, and those men who, and women, whoever you're counseling, um, mm-hmm. as, and especially when you when you apply the mental health component to it, that's not easy. No, it's not easy. I mean, you you understand that struggle, and the mental the people with mental health challenges in this country are some of the most overlooked, mm-hmm. most misunderstood people. In all of society, it's a, it's it's one of those continued allowed tragedies, and I want to just thank you on behalf of everyone listening who probably is saluting you <laughs> where they wherever they are inside their cars listening at home wherever they're listening to this conversation. I, I'm sure they're really grateful for what you're doing, and I'm I'm especially grateful for your story as you look back on this. And especially, you're a coach, so you're kind of going to cheat at this answer, but that's okay. (laughs) I want to ask you really honestly, really seriously, there are people listening to you and I right now, people you and I are never going to see who have an addict in their family, or they may be addicts themselves. What What do you want to say to them to give them hope or at least a push? What do you say to them? Ooh, that's a tough question. There's just so much to say, right? But all I can say, right, is never quit quitting. Um, and what that means is never give up on yourself. If you have to go to 10 rehabs, if you have to go through 10 jail stays, if you have to do what needs to be done to get in the process of recovery, do it. Um, I have a friend, right, who's who had 30-something I want to say 30. We counted the other day. Uh, rehab attempts, and finally she's sitting here today with eight years clean. Um, wait, so wait, it can be done. Wait a minute. Yeah. 30? 30. And still now she's eight years sober. Eight years, yep. Wow. Eight years. I, I had five or six, you know, stays. Not as many as a lot uh, or most people or just enough, right? And I'm mm-hmm. sitting here because of the process of the Guy in Light recovery program with more than five years sober. So, like I said, never quit quitting. Um, and if you need the help, reach out. Good words of wisdom. And, and Jeff, man, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm inspired by hearing your story. I get to hear these stories on each one of these Casting Light episodes, and I feel really lucky at the end to be the one hearing them 
And most importantly, knowing a lot of people are going to hear this and who knows how many other people you're going to inspire. Maybe somebody who's gone through four attempts failed mm-hmm. at rehab. Mm-hmm. That is huge for them to know not to give up. So thank you for those inspiring words. Most importantly, the beginning of your conversation, and it's a quiz for those who have listened all the way through this episode, you said something that was really key, which I'm going to connect to our listeners right now. You wouldn't have done this if there was a cost attached. This recovery was free. Yeah. And the only price was a price of commitment for you, which was, again, it's a word I use too much in this podcast, but it was, it was life-changing, it was game-changing. And because of those of you listening right now to this podcast who are past supporters or maybe considering becoming a new supporter of Guiding Light, you can help make this recovery possible. Guiding Light provides a safe place for every man like Jeff who walks to the door here to find hope, healing, restoration, and, and recovery, and renewing their faith. Your gifts to Guiding Light provide men like Jeff with a safe and supportive space, which is immensely important. It allows them to continue their journey and realize for every one of them their God-given potential. So please consider supporting the ministry at guidinglightworks.org, guidinglightworks.org. I really hope you will become a part of this game-changing ministry and allow us to tell more stories here on this episode and many other episodes of Casting Light. We encourage you to subscribe, share, or review this podcast With your help, we'll bring more listeners into the fold, which will allow us to share more stories of recovery and hope. Hey, thank you again to Treadstone Funding. Treadstone Funding has underwritten this episode and several past episodes. We couldn't do it without Treadstone Funding. We thank them for their incredible underwriting support. Until next time, you've been listening to Casting Light, a podcast ministry of Guiding Light. I'm Phil Tower. Thank you for listening. (music) 